You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes. And it all leads up to one winning Winning drive. Welcome back, everybody, to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, a.k.a. the NFL Chick. And I'm Cordell Woodland, host of Shaking It Up Sports on 105.7 The Fan, as well as the beat reporter for the Baltimore Ravens for that same station. And we are getting very close, Cordell, to the regular season. We are days away from week one. That is the Baltimore Ravens versus the New York Jets. And as we know... Ronnie Stanley, the left tackle, who has been out in almost a year, made his debut in practice this week. Hallelujah. (laughs) I know. So, uh, obviously, everybody's ecstatic about this, as they should be. And while this is a good thing to be excited about, I think we have to be realistic here on when we can expect him to return. I think you and I previously said that we thought that at minimum he would be back between week three and week four. And I think that him coming back this week to practice kind of confirms that that's going to be the case. So he's going to be at least uh, two weeks out from making his debut against the, uh, you know, as a, as the left tackle for the rest of the season, which means he's not going to play against the Jets. He's not going to play against the Dolphins. I feel like that that's pretty much on brand on what's going to happen here. Um, when you're at the facility, obviously you had an opportunity to see him. First of all, how did he look? Curious. And then also, um, what is your take on where he comes back this season? So pause. Um, we probably need to redo that part because I wasn't even there yesterday. I, I just got back in town today. So I wasn't even oh. there to even see okay. that. Okay. 
So do you want him to edit out what I said and just say, what's your take? Yeah, you could just like re-ask that part. Um, I'll just put in like the five. Okay. It was like the five thirty five forty between five thirty five forty. Yeah, I, I did like the five forty five to six fifteen mark. Okay, cool. All right, so I, I'll rework. I'll my bad because I didn't know you worked there. <laughs> yeah, I meant to bring that up initially. That's my fault. Okay, cool. So I'll I'll just reword it. Okay. We've seen videos. We've seen pictures of him back at practice. Um, and, you know, obviously it's just very minimal things. I mean, he looks good from what we could see because we know that we can only get a snippet of uh, what the team does in practice. But what is your take on when he potentially comes back and make an impact on this team? Well, yeah, I, I agree with you for starters. It's, it's good that he's finally back out there. Um, it means that the clock is now going uh, towards when we can finally see him on the football field. And I thought from the videos, like you said, the limited amount that we've been able to see, I thought he looked fairly good. And that's what you would hope. You know, he's he's been out for a while. He's been cleared for over a week. You know, I, I think at this point it's it's pretty much a known thing that we're we're waiting. We were waiting for Ronnie to get to the point to where he felt confident in where he was in his rehab and how healthy he felt. And he now feels good enough to get on the field. So I thought he looked good. Um, but again, we'll we'll have to see over time. As far as when we could see him on the football field in a game, I still don't believe we'll see him with, in uh, New York against the Jets. Uh, I'm hopeful that maybe by the Dolphins game, the home opener, he could be out there. Harbs has alluded to it's going to he would like these guys to be practicing for about three weeks, but he's also let it be known that he's willing to adjust that clock depending on how the players feeling, and ultimately it's on Ronnie. Um, so one could say that you're not as optimistic because it, it took him an extra week after he passed his physical just to return to practice. So that would lead you to believe he's probably going to be a little conservative when it comes to when he feels comfortable enough to actually go back in a game. Right. Um, but another, uh, another side of it could be the fact that he waited so long to come back to practice is because he wanted to make sure he was like good enough to where, okay, he didn't need, but so long to get ramped up because it's not, even though he hasn't been at practice, I don't think it's a situation where like this guy's just sitting inside, just chilling, watching everybody else sweat and run all up and down the field. I, I, I think it was him still rehabbing him, still working out him, still getting his conditioning right. And that's going to be one of the biggest things after missing training camp is can you get your conditioning to the level that, you needed to be at for the regular season um, because he's missed quite a bit of time. So he hasn't even had that feel, that adrenaline rush of being back in a full game in over a year. Right. Um, so I think all of that is going to take time, but yeah, I'm a little more on the optimistic side right now that it, now that he's finally back on the field, I, I'm looking more at the dolphins game. I'm with you. I still don't think we're going to see him this week in New York, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him out there in the Dolphins game. But I also, and, and this is weird, this is super weird, but I'm just throwing out this, this my own scenario. Uh, I would not be surprised if he's activated this week and he just doesn't start. They still start with Like James. have him as a backup plan? Yeah, and, and, okay. James, and James is like 
on the shortest leash of any left tackle. <laughs> like I, I would not be surprised if it's that, and they just have Ronnie there. And again, I think that'll be a situation. Is is Ronnie good enough to go? But say he is, and they still want to be a little optimistic. I wouldn't be surprised to see him dress, be activated, and just be used in a in an emergency situation uh, in New York. I, I worry, and you bring up a valid point about conditioning, and I do worry that if you throw him into the fire too soon, how uh, effective he will be if you do that. Um, I, you want your guy to be healthy, and we already did this last year when you had him play week one, and he wasn't ready. And then we didn't see him anymore, right? So, you know, my concern is that let's not make the same mistake twice by throwing him back into a situation because that there's a need there. We clearly understand that there's a need there. Well, guess what? Coaches need to do their job and figure out a way to protect their quarterback until their left tackle can come back. That's how I see it, right? Uh, I don't know what that means. I don't know if you got to – Power. I don't know if you got to have unbalanced line. I don't know if you got to add a tight end. Whatever you need to do, help out your quarterback until your guy is healthy. Because I feel like we've been there and done that last year. And my concern is, is that if, you know, if the scenario that you brought up, that he's active, not starting, but then, you know, I'm not, I, I wish this on nobody, but you know, James goes down with an injury and he's forced back into play. Well, he just, he just got to practice right. the other day. He literally just got off the bus. You know what I'm saying? He ain't stretched and he ain't walked or nothing, you know? So I just, I, I worry that that is that we're doing this to him again. And then we're back to square one again. Right. No and doubt. I get that people are frustrated. I get that people are ready to have some stability at left tackle, but you have to sacrifice the first couple games if that's what needs to be done because the season is such a long season, you know, and then they've added that extra game. So now it's 17 games. You don't want to force something that's not there. And I don't think that that's what the Ravens are going to do. I definitely don't think that that's what Ronnie Stanley is going to do because he been past that physical. Yeah, he just we just said I'm gonna get back out there when I feel like getting back out there. So you know I don't think that that's going to be the case. But I'm just making the point that I hope that we don't even entertain that thought simply because you know the left tackle position is a, a is a vulnerable part of this offensive line currently. Um, you know I, I would really like to see if he comes back from Miami. I'd still be cautious, Cordell. I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I'm I think that soon, but if he really if, if Ronnie Stanley is out there week two, that tells me that he is a hundred percent confident. Right. Because we've already seen that he's not gonna do anything that he doesn't want to do. So, you know, he's like and we talked about this before. He's already gotten paid. He ain't in no rush to go back out there if he don't have to be back out there. He's not looking for a new contract. He got a new, he's gotten a contract. So if he's out there week two, to me, that says more about where Ronnie Stanley believes he is than anything. And then I'm confident with that. But if I don't see him week two and I see him maybe week three, week four, I'm a bit more understanding of that. Because as you mentioned, there's a conditioning process that he has to go through in order for him to even get back into, you know, the football form and football shape. No doubt. And I mean, all, all of that I'm in agreement with. I'm all for being careful with Ronnie here. You can't afford for Ronnie to miss any more time due to injury. You just can't take another injury right. to him right now. That That is 
that that's worst case scenario. Um, but you also are in a situation to where you're very vulnerable on that left side. So it's like, you got to weigh the pros and cons. And ultimately, like you said, Ronnie has already shown, he's not going to get out there until he's ready to get out there. The one chess piece that the Ravens have that, I don't know, maybe they will surprise everybody and go with this chess piece. And we don't know, but it's Patrick McCart. Like he's, he's still there. I don't know if he, he's again, another one that would be playing out of position if he had to play left tackle, but if they were in a dire need and we're talking about just for a week or two and we're waiting, you still don't want to rush Ronnie out there. You still have Patrick McCarry, who's your swing tackle who yep. can pretty much play almost every position along the offensive line. Some, they like him to play and he probably shouldn't play. Um, <laughs> the left tackle could very well be one of those spots. <laughs> it could be, very well be one of those spots. I'm not saying that he's going to be a great left tackle, but, I think that you're in trouble no matter who's over there right now. Even Ronnie over there is a work in progress. It's yep. not going to be the Ronnie Stanley we all know and love right out the gates. I don't think that that's reasonable to think that's going to, that that's what's going to happen. Um, so at, for Lamar, it's going to be tough because I, I think you're going to be in a situation to where it's not as bad as it was last year but you're still kind of in a situation to where you can't fully trust this offensive line. And I I don't, I don't think it'll be to that point until maybe midway through the season. That's, I mean, and better late than never, but just right now, I I think it's going to be tough for the Ravens to really be able to get consistent O-line play, whether it's Ronnie Stanley in there or somebody else. So uh, your prediction on how this offensive line is going to look week one, obviously it can change within the next four weeks, but week one, what do you see them going with? Well, I, I still would be very surprised if Jawan James is not still the left tackle. I think Ben Powers is pretty much his known. He's won that left guard spot. And then you've got uh, Tyler Linderbaum at center, Kevin Zeitler at right guard, and Morgan Moses at the right tackle. Now the Ravens could pull some funny business and, and and go out there with a completely different offensive line. I think there are potentially three different scenarios we could see. Okay, so I'm going to go with the one that I just said with James and Powers on your left side. Right. Uh, and then you could also go out there and they could just shock the world and decide overnight, okay, we want to see Morgan Moses at the left tackle and we'll throw, still go with still the same thing, Powers left guard. Uh, Linderbaum, Zeitler, and then on the right tackle, you get Patrick McCarry over there. You know what I'm saying? Or option C, I, you could go Patrick McCarry at the left tackle and Morgan Moses at the right. I think there's three different variations that they're going to go with, but ultimately I think it's going to be option A, and it's not a real option A. It's more so just <laughs> selection A. <laughs> a selection A. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, it's like the uh, the multi-choice questions. There's no real option more than the other. It's just different answers, and yeah. this is one of them. I, James will probably be the left tackle simply because if it's, if it's not James, what have you been doing this right. entire time? Right. What is, I mean, how likely are you taking the left tackle? And I don't even I don't even want to go down that right that don't down that route and get on them like that because I don't believe that they would do that. But I'm just saying, if it does, I'm I'm gonna have some very big questions to ask because it's like 
this has been a complete waste of time and this is not the position you really need to be playing around with i agree like like you said i anticipate james starting at left tackle because that's who we've seen you put over there pretty much this entire you know training camp and preseason so if you do something different like you said what are y'all doing over there okay are y'all being serious be, be serious be real you know so um i expect that as well and like you said i do think that ben powers um somehow found a way to win the left guard position mm-hmm. uh particularly you know the surprising cut of tyree phillips so um yeah i, I I am interested to see how, you know, Ronnie Stanley, you know, does this week in practice. And, you know, I hope that he starts to come back to form. But I just don't expect him to see him for a couple of weeks. And I don't think the flock should either. I think we should, you know, just be patient on that and make sure that he is 100%. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, before we get on the next topic, I just want to make sure that everybody subscribes to Winning Drive. Anywhere that you have your podcast, we are available. Make sure that you have hit the subscribe button. So every time we have a new episode, you will be the first to know. Okay. We obviously, obviously know Lamar has still not been paid. And I don't want to talk about that part of it anymore because I am actually tired of that conversation. Mm-hmm. I know you probably tired of this conversation. Oh, yeah. We're all tired of this conversation. Everybody's pointing fingers. It is what it is, right? Here's the thing. It is looking very possible that Lamar Jackson is going to go into his fifth season with the Ravens without his contract and has to play, you know, regular season, you know, under his his fifth-year option. Um, He has told the media, uh, well, he he alluded to the media, which we are led to believe that by week one, you know, he was not going to be talking about this anymore. You and I were both one to believe that we didn't think that he was even going to talk about it after this weekend. So I'm curious to know how you think this affects Lamar going into the season. And do you even think it's going to affect his play? I mean, because it's not that I don't think that he's going to step up. I think it's going to be the opposite, you know. Yeah. But how much of the the lack of contract is going to be in the back of his mind when the season starts I, I don't know if it'll be on his mind while he's out there you know coming out of the tunnel and looking you know looking at the the the, the fans in the crowd and everything is just I, I don't think it'll be on his mind there but is it going to pop in his mind every blue moon throughout the week sure is it is it going to possibly pop in his mind every time he has a bad play or every time he has a good play, I possibly. So, you know, I, I, I think that's the part that you don't want. You just don't want it to be just a nag. I think it's become a nagging situation now. And for Lamar, I think it's going to, it could potentially be that nag for him just throughout the season. And I'm with you. I think Lamar is going to have a, a very good season this year, pending health. Pending health, I, I I don't see how Lamar doesn't have a, a bounce back here. Um, but it's just 
it's just so weird to me that we're even to the point now to where he's we're even having this conversation because right. years ago, I mean, it just looked like a no-brainer that Lamar would be in Baltimore for, if not all, majority of his career. And the fact that that's a question right now, I, I think is just another thing. It, it's just a part of that nagging situation. And as a quarterback, this position is stressful enough on you to all the prep you have to go into all week, all the questions you've got to answer all week. And, you know, you, you get into the game and everybody, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but everybody loves to just put the wins and losses on the quarterback. You just carry right. so much of the weight. And now you have this. And what I always say after what happened with Kirk Cousins, I, I just always say it's unhealthy for a quarterback to be in a situation to where every pass is a, contract negotiation yep every time lamar overthrows somebody oh see this is why you can't pay him right yep. there because he can't throw the ball and then as soon as lamar makes a great play up oh, see this is why you got to give lamar all the money in the world because yep. look at what he's doing it's it's just and it's going to split the fan base it's already split it's already done base. it it's yep. already doing it. I got the callers calling into my show. I got some that are still. I had a caller call and tell me that Anthony Brown should be the future of the race. <laughs> this is where we're at. This is where we're at. And then I got callers that do call in and, you know, defend Lamar and say, you know, you got to give him whatever. Now, I mean, just just get the man taken care of. And you're in a situation now, like like I said, you're splitting the fan base. If you see the split, the, the fan base, is being split. You think these guys don't talk about it? They can say it all they want. And maybe Lamar doesn't regularly bring it up. I'm sure Lamar is probably not the one. But to think that somebody else, I don't know, maybe not just some Joe Schmo on the team, but some of his closest guys on the team, I'm pretty sure they talk about it. I'm pretty Absolutely. sure they do. I'm pretty sure they do because everybody wants this to be taken care of. Lamar wants it to be taken care of. And I'm not saying Lamar's on the right side or the wrong side of this. Right. You know, they they he's he's probably been been just as stubborn as the Ravens have been. And I'm not knocking him for it. He should be. You know, yep. at the end of the day, he the Ravens are going to be here long after Lamar Jackson finishes playing football. He has to take care of himself. So I'm not upset at him at all. I'm just saying I think it's naive to believe that this lingering contract situation is not going to be a part of this season and not just for Lamar, but for everybody. Yep. It's going to be this way for everybody. And everybody's going to be watching to see what happens with Lamar. The takes are just going to continue to go on. I mean, L Lamar is already, <laughs> he's must see TV on the field. And now it's to the point to where, you know, Lamar name gets brought up all over the place. It's just an easy way to to get ratings it's an easy yeah. way to keep a conversation going and it's going to be that way until we get any sort of clarity on this situation which i fear isn't anytime soon yeah and i i, I agree with you on that and i want to um propose something that could happen in a negative way as well because of this you and i both agree that we think that lamar is going to be really good but what if what if cordell lamar is pressing and mm -hmm. being overzealous and trying to do too much 
because of the situation yeah. and then it turns out bad he's hit, he's throwing picks or mm-hmm. you know making bad decisions not reading the right reads because he's trying to overdo it because he wants to show everybody why he deserves you know this contract which by the way none of us know exactly what that means just saying so you know that's the part that i fear i fear that this is going to really seep into his brain and that he is going to be because you made such a valid point about every throw is going to be a contract negotiation. You don't think that Lamar is going to think that as well. I just can't see how he, he wouldn't, you know what I'm saying? He knows yeah. everybody is watching him. He knows that everybody's wondering, you know, if he's going to get paid when he's going to get paid. And I think that he, that's going to be a part of, how he goes about things, not subconsciously. I don't think it's intentional by any means. I don't think that that's going to be like, I'm going to go out here and we can show people why I should get paid. I, I absolutely don't think that that's the mindset. But it doesn't mean that I don't think subconsciously it seeps in and somehow oh, yeah. can affect how he plays his Look, game because of it. I would that's not be surprised. Concern. I would not be surprised if at some point this year we get a Lamar Jackson celebration and maybe a can, a boom mic on the field or something picks up him saying something like "pay me," you know what I'm saying? Just something, some sort, something to the degree of letting it be known, like "pay me my money." You know, I, I really would not be surprised if at some point that happens for Lamar. He should have been did that. <laughs> oh yeah. As far as I'm concerned, I would y'all wouldn't have saw, and we talked about this last week, so I'll bring it up again. Y'all wouldn't have seen me at no voluntary camp, no mandatory camp, no training camp, no Mm -hmm. day camp, night camp, weekend camp. Mm -hmm. I don't care what camp it is. I wouldn't have been there. I want my money. And listen, I understand. We heard him say out his mouth, I love my guys and I love football more. Guess what? The game don't love you. And honestly, it may may not be a popular opinion. But I I think that if Lamar was, if Lamar did decide to hold out at some point, this probably would have gotten taken care of. Absolutely, because now you're forcing the hand of the team to make a decision and do something about it. Because guess what? We love Tyler Huntley. He's a nice guy. And when and 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 at times, you know, he makes these plays that makes us say, wow, we have a really great backup. But he is exactly who he is, and that is a backup. He does not play like a starting quarterback. He doesn't have the arm of a starting quarterback. He is not Lamar Jackson. And again, I mean this as no disrespect to Tyler Huntley. I think that Tyler Huntley is a great backup quarterback. But Tyler Huntley probably knows himself he is not like Lamar Jackson. So I don't think I'm saying anything out of the realm. So if I would have told the Ravens, Hey man, go see what you can do with Tyler Hunt. Oh, we saw that already. Well, go ahead and see if let's see if if, if, if we can y'all can turn some things around until you give me my money. Because yeah. sometimes you got to play hardball with mm-hmm. with organizations. You have to play. You if they want to play dirty, you got to play dirtier. And that's just kind of how it goes. And because of that, here we are. We're at the point now where week one is coming. He's going into a season potentially without a deal, and. Now it's a talk every single week because he doesn't have one. When I would have just pushed them to the limit and made them make a decision right then and there. Oh, yeah, get it over with. I mean, yep. that's that that honestly would have been one of the better ways to go. I'm not upset at Lamar for going the way that he went. And no, me either. I mean, it's, it's a stand up way to go about it. 
hopefully the organization takes that into account. Right. But you know, it's it's a sticky situation. And sometimes being the nice guy doesn't always work out for you. Um, and we've all been there to where we've had to put pressure on our employers at times to yep. get what we feel like we deserve. You know what I'm saying? So you know, I, I get it. I get it. It's not a it's not a comfortable situation to be in at all, but he is. And Rita, you brought up the other, you know, I guess the other side of it of what if this whole contract situation gets in Lamar's head to the point to where he's struggling throughout the year. Well, here's another scenario of like, what if Lamar plays well and while he's not an MVP, he's, he's playing well enough. He's playing good enough to where it's like, we're not losing games because of Lamar. It's it's obvious we're losing because of someone else or not someone else, but other reasons. Right. And, this is a team that gets to the playoffs and they're one and done again. Like where that that's like stuck in the middle to me. It's okay. Lamar's good. So the whole narrative of having to win a Super Bowl goes out the window because are you, or are you just going to choose to still not pay him because he didn't get the ring or does it matter that he balled out? Like, I just feel like that we're, it's so many different scenarios to where this could go from not necessarily bad to worse, but like I said, being stuck in the middle, I feel like is probably the worst place to be. I and, agree. And you, it could be to the situation to where, yeah, we understand what we have in Lamar, but is he enough to get us over the hump? That becomes the new question, yep. you know? And, and it's like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, a part of me, wants to believe that they're getting it done, that they want to get it done um, and that they're negotiating with good faith. And I, everything to my knowledge makes me believe that they are. Uh, But you you did bring up the Jeremy Fowler stuff on Twitter uh, the other day. And it did, it definitely had me thinking like, I don't know, is it out of the realm for them to just kind of be waiting for Lamar to force their hand and, and show and, and not show, but maybe do enough to where it's just like, okay, maybe this isn't it, you know, so maybe. Let me bring know. something up. Let me remind, let me remind us of this. This is not out. It's not out of the realm because the Ravens literally did this with Joe Flacco, had him play through his fifth. Uh, well, well, no, they didn't have him play. He chose this. It's a right. different situation, but right. he still did it. They chose, they offered him a deal that he didn't like, okay? He felt like that that was a deal that did not pay him what he was due, and he decided to play the fifth year so that he could show them that he was worth the money. We know how that ended. He won a a Super Bowl. The Ravens end up paying him the money. So, no, it's not out of the realm that the Ravens have done this before. At the very least, offered somebody something that they didn't feel like was worth Mm -hmm. their worth. You know what I'm saying? And so so we it's almost like it's deja vu. The problem, though, is that one guy had been to two previous AFC championships and had to do this. And the other guy, although a unanimous MVP, has only won one playoff game. I don't know how this is going to go. And this is not me discrediting Lamar. Let me be clear. I'm just making the point that another guy did it and had more postseason success. Right. So... It's not out of the realm to answer your question. 
I just don't know if it's even worth it at this point to continue to operate that way because it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, if you do not have a good quarterback, a great quarterback, your team is not going to be – they're not going to be good, particularly in the AFC where they are stacked like dominoes with yeah. good quarterbacks. Oh, and, and honestly, just off the point you brought up, it looks to me like the Ravens are telling Lamar – we don't necessarily care about what you do individually. What are you doing to make sure we as a team have success? Because you just brought it up with the Flacco situation. That's what got him paid. It it wasn't enough for Flacco to continue to go to multiple AFC championship games and win win a playoff game every year. That wasn't enough. It's it wasn't until they got the ultimate goal. It wasn't until he showed how his success can turn into team success. Right, right. Is 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 when he got his money. And maybe that's the next step for Lamar. We know Lamar can play. We know Lamar can go out there and put up numbers. But can you be the type of player that that is enough to just make you, give your team just enough of an advantage no matter who they play? That I think that's the, the next thing he has to show before Bashadi is ready ready to sign that check. I 100% agree with that logic. Uh, so as the world continues, as the Ravens continue, right. <laughs> <laughs> the soap opera of the Ravens continue to go on. <laughs> All right, before our last topic, have you subscribed to Winning Drive yet? If you haven't, what are you doing? Why are you wasting your time? Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. It is the Winning Drive podcast, and of course, we will be doing this throughout the entire Ravens season. All right. Finally, Jets, Ravens. I have no idea who's going to play quarterback, by the way, Cordell. Uh, We keep hearing that Zach Wilson went back to practice, but we know that Joe Flacco has practiced um, for him because uh, Zach Wilson was out, um, and he avoided a major injury. Um, but there, the Jets are now saying it's very possible that he plays. So we don't know who's playing, but you have to still do what you have to do or, uh, on your end. And the Jets have a nice, you know, wide receiving core. You mm-hmm. know, I know they're trying to trade Denzel Mims. They still have um, uh, Corey Davis and, and company. And this is a new, a revamped, excuse me, a revamped defense secondary specifically in the secondary um with some new faces going on and um i am just curious to see what the ravens or or i'm curious to know your opinion in terms of how the ravens will fare uh against the wide receivers of the jets and does the quarterback make any difference of how you think that they will fare because you know obviously one has way more experience we literally just talked about the guy because he was a raven and and then one is i think going into his third year so you know does the the quarterback make the difference in how the impact uh of that wide receiving core affects the secondary possibly possibly because they they've been able to have a little more of a of a rapport with flacco as of recent because of zach wilson dealing with his injury so um, and I, talking to Andy Vasquez, who covers the Jets uh, a couple weeks ago, I mean, he was saying Flacco looked like the better quarterback even when Wilson was there and yeah. healthy. And he's not the only one to say that. So uh, I, I think that that could matter uh, to a degree. And obviously the element of Flacco versus the Ravens 
also just gives it just that much more uh, fire. Uh, but I, I think that no matter who the quarterback is back there, and we also I also want to throw Mike White out there because I, I still think Mike White could be a guy that we possibly see week one. Who knows? The Jets situation is still a mess, I think, <laughs> uh, right now. And it wouldn't surprise me definitely to see all three of these quarterbacks throughout this season. But as far as this, as far as week one and looking at these receivers, I, I do think that this is a very talented receiving group. Uh, you've got Elijah Moore, who's your second year yeah. receiver from last year. He was really a stud, especially once he was able to get healthy last year. He showed how dynamic he can be uh, in this league. And, and he was one of the Jets' primary sources of offense last year once he was finally able to get out there. Garrett Wilson, another one, rookie this year from Ohio State. Yes. This dude is big play uh, potential. He's a guy that can definitely go up and get the ball over anybody. Um, I, I look at I look at those two guys added to Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, and those guys out there, and they added C.J. Uzama uh, at the tight end position. Yep. And, um, so they they've got some pieces uh, on that offense. And looking at this secondary with the Ravens, and this is a secondary that was thought to be potentially the best secondary in football this year. They're definitely loaded. If nothing else, the Ravens went and really revamped. Uh, this secondary unit this year, adding Marcus Williams, getting Marcus Peters back, drafting Kyle Hamilton, drafting Pepe Williams and Jalen Armour Davis, uh, and also getting Marlon Humphrey back uh, as well. So, yeah. you know, this is a this is a secondary that's definitely loaded. And I think they'll be tested early. Um, this is a this is a nice test for them uh, going up against the Jets. The Jets as a team. I don't know necessarily what to expect from them. I mean, I think that their defensive line and everything is good, and we'll break the the game down as a whole probably more uh, in the next episode. But just I, I do think that this offense gives them uh, a little bit of a chance to ha to make some big plays. They've got some big play receivers. I've said it before that tackling in week one is always an issue. Yep. And when you're having poor tackling, especially on the road, um, it could it can make up for some big plays given up. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Flacco go out there and just empty out uh, the bullet chamber. I'm telling you, like he's going whatever whatever ammo he's got, he's letting it go in this game. Um, yeah. So I, I think he's going to look to spread the field. I think he's going to try to get the ball into these young playmakers' hands in open space and see what they can do. The Ravens had tackling issues last year. Again, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case this year. But I, I I don't expect to see, as far as this Ravens secondary, I don't expect to see the big plays given up like we saw last year. A lot of miscommunication all throughout the year with that Ravens secondary. And it, and it bit them time and time again. It seemed like it was at a point to where, like, at least once a week, it was a miscommunication in the secondary that gave up a big play. Hopefully that part of it is gone. When you talk to these guys, they continue to talk about communication. Communication is so much easier in Mike McDonald's system. Communication is a point of emphasis in Mike McDonald's system. So we'll see if that translates onto the field because the Jets do have a couple of guys that you can't just, you know, give them a free run. You, you can't just allow guys to be running wide open because a seasoned bet like Flacco will hit them. And a wide-eyed young boy like Zach Wilson, I'm sure, has no problem letting it go either. Yeah, I mean, if I'm the Jets, 
I understand that you want to know if Zach Wilson is your future. So if he's healthy, you put him in, you put him in. But if I want to win, I'm going, I'm going with Joe Flacco. If you're telling me that he has played well, and this is against his one of his his predecessor, the one that drafted him and uh, let him go for another quarterback that they drafted that he was not prepared for. He probably wants a little bit of re- oh, yeah. revenge. And and look, I don't know how big, how small that is, but you can't tell me you don't want to, if you're if you know that you're gonna see your ex in the club, <laughs> you're you not gonna show up right and let them know why I'm doing good without you. And you might miss me a little bit. That's just mm-hmm. kind of how it goes. That's human nature, right? So Flacco is going to show up. That's the one that I know is going to show up. You mentioned all of the weapons. Completely forgot that they they drafted Wilson in the draft, which maybe that was purposely. Maybe I forgot because I, I that's just too much talent <laughs> that they got going on over yeah. there. So now you're in a situation where you have this great wide receiving core. I'm not really sure what their offensive line is like, but, you know, I know that they suffered a, um, a loss on the offensive line. But, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know how that's going to go for them. But. You did mention that that there's this secondary really struggled last year in communication. And when you have that type of receiving core that you're playing against, you need to make sure that everybody understands their assignment, that there's no questions about who's guarding who, what are we doing here, who's playing what. And I hope for the Ravens' sake, Marcus Peters is able to play week one because he's a big part of helping these guys, especially these young guys that the Ravens have, get acclimated into what it is that they need to do and have and be ready to play. Because, you know, although this is not the same as last year where, you know, you were just having guys off the street, there's still some youth in the secondary, mm-hmm. um, you know, with the Kyle Hamilton and Armour Davis and, and Pepe Williams, there's still a lot of youth in the secondary that needs some veteran help. To get them there. And Marlon is great, right? We obviously know Marlon is CB1, but having CB2 and Peters back, or if you want to call C- Marcus Peters CB1 and Marlon CB2, I don't care how you call it. It's better to have two guys with the experience that Marlon and that Peters has at more as opposed to one to help you get acclimated. And then Marcus uh, Williams being a first-time player in the Ravens' uh, uh, defense. So I I really hope that they can find a way to, even if Marcus Peters not playing at like every defensive snap, if he can find a way on the field, that would help a, a whole lot because this is a problem. And I know we like to look at the Jets because they're a mess from an organizational standpoint and be like, oh, yeah, we could potentially win this game. But the Ravens got way too many questions across the board for people to say that this is a shoe-in win because I don't see it that way. And And those guys at the Jets, are going to show up, and they know that they have the talent from a wide receiver perspective, and they're going to use that talent. There's mm-hmm. no way that they're going to lay down just because the Ravens should win a football game. Oh, everybody's got hope in August. That's the saying, you know. Every, exactly. Everybody's, everybody's got hope in August, and right now the Jets have just as much hope as the Ravens do going yep. into the season. Um, and you you touched you touched on it like. Marcus Peters is going to be a big part of this secondary. Is he there week one? That's that's a that's another huge question because if they have Marcus Peters out there, I really like this Ravens defense. I mean, I, maybe it's just me. I, I've really I've always been a huge Marcus Peters fan. Um, this is a guy that leads the NFL 
in interceptions since he's entered the league. And that record, and that still stands today, even with him missing all of last year, that still yep. stands. So that just lets you know what he brings to a secondary. And you saw it last year, the turnovers were way down, the, the, the uh, miscommunication, everything, the Ravens just quitting. And it just didn't look like, they didn't look like themselves. They didn't have that edge. And Peters comes with that edge. He gives them that, you know, that, you know, I don't care attitude, you know, whatever, yep. whatever goes. Whatever, he I'm bring real, that I'm dog out of him. He bring that dog. Yeah, he definitely, <laughs> definitely got that dog in him. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, I, I like Peters being added out there. It just changes everything that the Ravens can do. Now you can feel comfortable putting Marlon on the inside or you could put him on the outside. It allows you to have some flexibility with your young corners. Um, nobody's really having to uh, have too much pressure on them, I feel like, in the secondary when you've got Peters out there. Um, now, another big question about this secondary will be how much does Kyle Hamilton play? Kyle Hamilton was at practice on Monday. That's right. a good sign. He's working his way back. Ravens are getting healthy at the right time also uh, because they only had one person miss practice on Monday, and that was Travis Jones. So that's a good that's a good sign in general for this team uh, yes. going into this week one uh, year because I thought that was the biggest question mark about the Ravens going into this season. And now we're starting to get a little more clarity. But with Kyle Hamilton, I want to see how much he plays out there. I want to see how much they move him around. I expect Kyle Hamilton to play all over the field. I want to see how much they blitz him. I've been saying a lot. I think that when it comes to the pass rush on this Ravens defense, it's going to be by committee. And I think it's going to take a total team effort to rush the passer. And I want to see how often these secondary guys are blitzing the nickel blitzes. I think they're going to make a killing off that nickel blitz, man, especially when Marlon is in the slot. When Marlon's yeah. in the slot, I think teams have definitely got to be on their P's and Q's of that dude blitzing because he's a very underrated blitzer and he's so fast coming off the edge and when Marlon's hitting the quarterback he's got one thing on his mind and that's punching that ball out so that's it punch uh, bowl I, I, I really, I really want to see what the Ravens are able to do with a fully healthy secondary because I, I think we could see some innovative stuff back there I'm excited to see this um you know you everybody knows I'm not a fan of what we were doing in previous years with the cover zero blitzes and particularly with people that had a ton of inexperience as a result. So mm -hmm. I'm curious, I'm hopeful that uh, Mike McDonald um, utilizes his, his players in a smart way, <laughs> for lack of better term, yeah, uh, because bit, some, some of those blitzes were not smart, if I can yeah. say that. Um, or not wise. Maybe that's mm -hmm. a better word. Maybe they weren't Wink, wise. Wink was stubborn. I'm, and I love Wink. But he, Wink was, was, he was. He was. Wink Wink is just stubborn. And, you know, last year the Ravens were depleted with injuries on both sides of the ball, specifically on defense in this case. And you just didn't see any any type of adjustment from Wink. It was we're still going to be us. We're still going to be aggressive. And I just it just obviously it, the proof is in the pudding. It didn't work for them. Yeah. And it, I think it cost them a couple of games just simply not wanting to adjust their game plan just a little bit. Agreed. Well, the Ravens will have a lot on their hands week one. Uh, like, as you mentioned, that is a lot of ammunition that the Jets are working with. And depending on the quarterback, um, 
you know, it'll be fun to see, or maybe not. <laughs> how how right. the Ravens fare against talent that the Jets have. So thank you for joining us on Winning Drive. When we come back to you guys later this week, we'll be one step closer to week one, and we'll talk more about matchups between the Jets and the Ravens when we come back to our next episode. Can't wait to talk to you guys. Thank you for listening. This is Winning Drive.